0: You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark. Let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark and you're listening to Power and a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super successful. All right. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, You will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. And that's from the great Winston Churchill. The title of today's show is called Eliminate Distractions. We all have so many different distractions in our lives. And trust me, if we want to get to our final destination, we got to learn to get rid of all of the distractions. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen, you can go to my website at www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. For all my listeners in the United States, I have a daily message. Message service that sends out an inspirational, motivational message every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. To get those messages, all you have to do is text the letters BBD to four one one two four seven. All right. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M A R K S T A R R. On Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. That's at C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S. All right. We have an absolutely amazing show today, so let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Casey DePeckel. Now, Casey is an American traveler who, over the past year and a half, visited every single country in the world. Now, not only has she achieved this amazing feat, She's also the first woman to do it, as well as the fastest human to do it, accomplishing the trip to 196 different countries in 18 months and 26 days. Half the time that it took the previous Guinness World Record holder. Now, Casey, who majored in environmental studies while in college, said she felt that she couldn't travel the world without having a larger purpose. She would start her world tour in July of 2015, promoting sustainable tourism everywhere she went as an ambassador for the International Institute of Peace Through Tourism. Now, over the course of her trip, she went She met with mayors and ministers of tourism, presenting them with the Institute's Declaration of Peace. Casey also spoke to more than 16,000 students about ways in which they can offset their carbon footprint. To help offset the heavy carbon footprint of her own trip, Casey planted trees in over 50 of the countries that she visited, and she plans to plant another 500 when she gets back home to Connecticut after her expedition. When asked how was she able to go to so many countries in such little time, Casey said that it all comes down to two words, time management. She says that one could spend Saturday and Sunday at home chilling and watching Netflix, which she says at times she's guilty of, or travel to five places within one country and five countries within those two days. Isn't that like a stark difference, staying at home and just... Wasting the weekend away, I always do videos about that, right? Many of us just waste the weekend away. And here it is, this young lady, with her weekends, she would spend those weekends going to two different countries, going to five places in each country, so going to ten different places every weekend. Well, she was doing that for a year and a half. Now, when Casey first came up with this goal to travel, she figured it would cost her $198,000 to get herself around the world. She was 23 years old and had absolutely no money. During this year and a half, she spent planning her trip. She said she saved up $10,000 babysitting, then figured that she would have to acquire some sponsors. She had no previous experience with sponsors, so she used Google to research other explorers, and she would see who sponsored them and then reach out to those same companies. What she realized was that not only could she get financial sponsorships, from some of the big companies but she could also exchange boarding at some of the eco hotels for promotional coverage she was using her brain although she was able to compete this amazing journey she faced many challenges and obstacles along the way although Americans can travel freely in many parts of the world obtaining visas for the countries that require them would prove to be one of her biggest challenges for example Travelers are not allowed to enter North Korea alone, and Americans that want to enter are charged an exorbitant fee. Casey would also receive criticism for some who thought that she spent too little time in each country to have a meaningful experience. They accuse her of only being in it to chase the record and for the money, to stay fit and healthy during her trip, and to offset the times when traveling when she only had chips to eat Casey made sure she drank enough water as well as took her vitamins and also to exercise. She would also go running wherever she was in the world and practice Krav Maga, which is an Israeli martial art that she learned so she'd be able to defend herself as a woman traveling alone. Now, Krav Maga Worldwide was also one of her sponsors. When Casey was asked, what was next for her? She said that she's scheduled to compete in an Ironman challenge in San Diego this March. She also plans to go to Antarctica. She's also going to write a book about her journey and finish an educational documentary when she returns from Antarctica. Casey not keen on getting a 9-to-5 job as she plans to support herself through different entrepreneurial projects for the rest of her life. Here it is. This young lady was 23 years old and wanted to travel, and she made up in her mind, you know what? She's not going to let anything stop her. She didn't have any money when she started, right? But she made up in her mind that she was going to do it, and she figured out how to get the money, and that's exactly what she did, and she went to every single country in the world, 196 countries. Profile number two, Pascal Castellino. Now, when Pascal came to New York from Naples, Italy in 2011, he had no job and little more than $50 in his pocket. He had a dream of opening his own restaurant, but he had no money and no investors. Pascal would venture all over New York, tasting every new experience visiting two or three restaurants a day. Sometimes he would pose as a reporter so he could ask all the questions that he wanted to. Now, while at the restaurants, he would eat his way through their menu. When he came to New York, Pascal was 6 foot 6 inches tall, weighing 254 pounds. After a few months of sampling all of the restaurants in New York, his weight had ballooned to 370 pounds. I bet it did. Now, when he visited his family in Italy, people didn't recognize him and he began to have all sorts of health problems. The final wake-up call came when his doctor told him that if he didn't lose weight, he would have a heart attack. Now, Pascal had never went on a diet before, but he was motivated to get his old body back. He cut out sweets and sodas entirely and started eating half of his usual portions and focused on a Mediterranean diet with plenty of fruits and vegetables. For lunch every day, he eats an entire margarita pizza. Now, although many people may feel that pizza may not be too diet friendly, his pizzas aren't the typical New York pizza slices. The dough is made from just water, flour, yeast, and salt. No butter or lard. And the toppings are light. Fresh tomato sauce, a thin layer of mozzarella cheese, and basil. He also has a special process for making his dough which eats away much of the sugar. After nine months, Pascal lost 114 pounds and completely turned his life around. Now, Pascal's weight loss story has gone around the globe as he's been featured on the front page of the New York Post and featured in magazines and newspapers in South America, Asia, Australia, Europe, and Russia, also on Good Morning America. Not only has Pascal lost a lot of weight, he now works as a private chef for singers such as U2, Madonna, Muse and Coldplay. Pascal has also made his dream come true as he owns not just one, but two restaurants, one in New York and the other in Atlanta called Ribalta Pizza. Now, Pascal has also written a book called The Pizza Diet Book that will be released on May 2nd, 2017. Now, let's take a look at a few pieces of advice that we can learn from Chef Pascal. What an absolutely amazing story. This man came here from Italy, Six years ago, less than six years ago, not only has he been able, didn't, he came here with $50 in his pocket. He came here with, actually, he came here with 50 euros in his pocket, which is the equivalent of $53. And within that time, this man was not only able to develop his own diet system that's been featured all over the world, Get a book deal to put this book out to help so many people all over the world. He was able to open two, not just one, but two restaurants. Let's look at some of his advice. Number one, be authentic. Consumers are becoming increasingly skilled at sniffing out a phony. And with the power of the Internet at their fingertips, they can quickly substantiate claims. For this reason, entrepreneurs should always be authentic. Number two, be original. People like originality, especially early adopters. A problem some entrepreneurs face is they fear their originality won't resonate with people, so they copy someone else. Then all of a sudden, they wake up years down the road, only a small piece of their original self. It's vital to stay true to who you are and embrace your originality. Pascal says what helped him very much in gaining more interested followers was without a doubt the fact he did not invent the pizza diet for commercial purposes. He needed a diet that helped him lose weight very quickly for health reasons. He wanted to also be able to play with his kids. The pizza diet was a need for him and people appreciated the human aspect of his story. So he was able to take something that he really created to help him out and then use it to help others. Thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not possibly millions of people all over the world. So what you're going through right now, once you find a solution to the problem that you're going through, you can take that solution and I can guarantee you that there's going to be people out there that have the same problem and you can sell your solution to. Number three, be informed. Your understanding of the market in which you reside and your ability to see around corners is crucial. It allows you to stay a step ahead or at least on par with the market. However, this only happens when you become intimately involved in the market and feel the pulse. Pascal says that a deep knowledge of the market in which you're doing business in is extremely important because every place is different. Number four, build a team. Now, in the beginning, when your business is just an idea, you may be going at it alone. As you evolve, your growth will be in direct proportion to your personal bandwidth. When you hit a point where you are stretched thin, it's time to build a team, especially when you have weaknesses in areas and need team members to counterbalance. Pascal says that he gets help from reliable people. That's a key word. Don't build a team with unreliable people. If people are unreliable with themselves, you cannot expect them to be reliable with you. So you got to build a team with reliable people. He says he gets help from reliable people around him in different fields. Number five, be comfortable with delegating. You can't do everything by yourself at all times. It's impossible. When you have a team of people whom you trust, you have to delegate tasks and trust people to do their jobs. However, if you feel uncomfortable delegating to your team, you may need to reevaluate your people. Pascal says that it's important to let your assistants do the things that they are hired to perform because it's what you hired them to do. If you're not going to have them do it, then you don't have no need to have them working for you. It's important to delegate tasks to reliable and skilled team members. Number six, always be networking. As the saying goes, your network determines your net worth. It's a profound truth for entrepreneurs to add to it. The speed in which you transition from idea to in business is also impacted by your network. As such, networking should become a habit for any entrepreneur, especially with the media. Pascal says that networking is essential as he always tries to create a connection on his own with journalists. This is the best way to build up faithfulness with stakeholders. Always be honest and try to understand their needs and helping them feel comfortable in your own environment. And number seven, be open to opportunities. Opportunities exist all around us. It's a matter of being open, being aware and seizing them when they appear. For Pascal, he has found opportunities between food and technology and is working on bridging the gap. Now, The world that we live in has become a constant feed of information, noise, and entertainment. Our phones, the source of this constant feed of information, noise, and entertainment, doesn't just live in our pockets, it lives in front of our faces. The internet has become one of the biggest influences in our lives as it is a constant stream of information that can be accessed from anywhere in the world. The so-called breaking news breaks into our day at breakneck speeds. All news has now become breaking news. If that wasn't bad enough, we are constantly fed messages from advertisers all day, every day. In the 1970s, the average person was exposed to 500 to 2,000 ad messages a day. In 2006, experts raised that number to 3,000 to 5,000 images a day. Marketing experts are now estimating that the average American is exposed to anywhere from 4,000 to 10,000 thousand advertisements each day all of these advertisements and distractions are harmful to our success as they prevent us from giving our full attention to the things that we need to be focused on not only do distractions prevent us from succeeding they can also be stressful and costly now researchers have found that it takes an average of 23 minutes for a person to fully regain his or her focus on a task after being distracted Now, the Overload Research Group, which is a collection of academic and corporate researchers dedicated to reducing the amount of information that people have to deal with, has found that workers in the United States waste about 25% of their time dealing with that constant stream of data, losing their employers close to $1 trillion per year. Now that we understand how dangerous distractions can be, let's now take a look at some of the most common distractions that we face while working every single day. Number one, personal technology. Our smartphones and now our smartwatches are the biggest culprits. These devices are feeding us a constant stream of information 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, according to the PEW Research Center, 67% of smartphone owners have admitted to checking their phone for calls or messages even when their phones didn't ring or vibrate. Another poll found that 50% of teens feel that they are addicted to their phones. It's not just teens that allow these devices to distract them. While 78% of teens say that they check their mobile devices at least hourly, 69% of parents do the same. 56% of parents allow their phones to distract them while driving as they check their phones while driving. Number two, email. Although many of the emails in our inboxes are unimportant, we still feel the need to look at them as soon as they arrive. Now here are four ways that you can manage your emails so that they don't take you away from important tasks. Number one, schedule checking time. Turn off the alert that appears on your computer screen or sounds on your phone when you receive an email. And check and respond to messages at set times of the day. Give yourself a maximum of 30 minutes for each session. Number two, choose low productivity times. Now there's likely certain times of the day when you do your best work. Don't check emails during this time. Schedule an email check-in for your less productive times and save your peak hours for high value work. Number three, Turn emails into actions. If you feel you need more than a few minutes to read or reply to an email, add it to your to-do list. Number four, use the trash. Don't keep emails forever. If you do, you run the risk of losing sight of the important ones as your inbox grows and becomes harder and harder to manage. And I can personally attest to this one because I think on my phone I have 100,000 unopened emails. Number three, social media. Social media is another productivity killer that takes away our attention from tasks by breaking our concentration. Studies show that the average daily time spent on social media worldwide is two hours per day. Teenagers are even worse. The average teen spends nine hours a day using social media, according to some reports. I challenge you to spend the next week tracking the amount of time you spend over the course of a week on social media. If you are spending too much time, schedule your social media time each day, allowing a few minutes at set times of the day for posting updates or answering messages. Number four, text messages. Most adults receive, on average, anywhere from 50 to 75 text messages per day. The problem is that we all like to reply to them as soon as possible, but this will definitely distract us from getting things done. If you receive a lot of texts throughout the day, put your phone on silent and set designated times to respond to your text similar to the schedule that you will set for responding to emails. Number five, phone calls. The ring of a phone often prompts an intense need to answer it, even if we are in deep concentration or in the middle of doing something. If you can't turn off your phone, use the auto-reply setting that most phones are now equipped with that informs callers that you'll return their call ASAP. Also explain to friends and family that you will be available to answer calls only during certain times. Leave that on your voicemail message. I believe I have that on mine. It says I only return calls at certain times of the day. That way nobody will be mad at you for not returning their call. Number six, television. Even though some of the time that we previously spent watching TV is now being spent online, The average American spends more than 33 hours per week watching TV. That's almost five hours a day watching TV. That's almost the same amount of time that you spend at a full-time job, yet many of us complain that we are too busy to get anything done. Like all other distractions, schedule your TV time. So many people say, oh, they're so busy, they can't get anything done. They have a project that they've been wanting to do for years, and for whatever reason, they can't get it done. Well, the reason is, is because they're spending five hours a day watching TV. Let's now look at a few strategies that we can use to eliminate distractions. Number one, get rid of or turn off instant notifications. Now, go into your phone and turn off the audible alerts and switch the allow notification tabs to off. Also, drag the apps that you may be addicted to to the last page on your home screen. This will help to turn down the temptation to click on the icons. So, what I do. Because I was very much addicted myself, I take the Facebook app, the Instagram app, and my email app and push it, take those icons and push it all the way to the back of my phone. That way, I have an opportunity to, even if I just automatically wanna press those things to open, I have to go and find those icons to be able to open them first. Number two, put the phone away. Put your cell phone on silent or vibrate Or what would even be better is if you put it in another room. If you allow yourself to work for 50 minutes uninterrupted, then and only then allow yourself a 5 to 10 minute break to check any messages that you may have missed. And like I said earlier, you can also schedule a specific time during the day when you'll receive and return calls. Number three, train other people. A lot of the distractions and interruptions in life will come from the people around us, be it colleagues, friends, family, neighbors, or pets. The best way to prevent this from happening is to set some ground rules and clearly communicate them to everyone. Politely explain that you prefer to work in chunks of uninterrupted time and you would appreciate it if they respect your focus by minimizing all communication with you during those blocks of times. Number four, use headphones. You can use the music to tune out distractions, or if the music itself becomes a distraction, just use the headphones to cancel out all outside noise. Number five, clear away all visual and computer clutter. Now, the clearer your space, whether it's your physical space or the space on your computer, the clearer your mind. Number six, take care of all physical necessities. Now, keep a bottle of water or your favorite beverage within your physical reach. Also, take a trip to the bathroom during your breaks so you minimize having to break your focus. Number seven, adjust room temperature. If you have control over the room temperature, set it to whatever is comfortable for you. And number eight, turn off your clock. Being constantly aware of what time it is can be a major distraction. Eliminating time from the equation will allow you to concentrate on getting the job done, not on how much time it takes to do it. All right, all right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today's show. I want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen to the show, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. Share this with three friends. Now, I know you got three friends that allow every single distraction to stop them from doing what it is that they need to do. So make sure you share this with them. Tell them about the station that you're listening to this show on. Or if they don't have access to that station or can't listen at the time that it's being broadcasted, let them go to my website. Tell them about my website, www.powerhh.com. All right? So the quote that we're going to finish today's show with is... Starve your distractions and feed your focus. Let me repeat that. Starve your distractions and feed your focus. Thank you much, and until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way.